0: Good afternoon, Alex.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Good, my love. Welcome to the Joy Foster Podcast, my love. It's a pleasure having you on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, gosh. It's my pleasure, hon. It is my pleasure. So, I really loved our conversation during our pre-interview, and um, it really inspired me to always keep this going, creating a platform for Um, successful young men like yourself who can contribute back to our youth and society. So I know about you, Alex, but Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the viewers and we'll take the conversation from there.
1: All right. Sounds good. Uh, My name is Alex Johnson. Uh, Everyone calls me Superman or Superman Johnson. Uh, Born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I went to school at uh, Cal State Bakersfield in California for three years, and then I transferred. Uh, went to North Carolina State University. Did my master's. Um, got to play in the NCAA tournament. Went to the Sweet Sixteen before losing to Kansas. And then um, I, I also met my beautiful wife at uh, NC State, uh, where we're married for six years now, and. our first son so he's about a uh it's about 16 months so a year and a bit and played basketball
0: professional wow just a
1: little yeah
0: awesome hon so now i want to ask you this and i didn't ask you this in the pre-interview so i'm gonna highlight this one where did the superman come from
1: (laughs) so um I had a I had two uh, two friends who played on the the women's uh like the Ontario team. Yes. And um, they seen me dunk, and they from that dunk they were like, "Man, look, you're flying. We're gonna call you Superman." And <laughs> at the time, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, "Yeah, whatever." And then when I got to high school, uh, my uh, one of my teachers, her favorite superhero was Superman, and she just started calling me that. And then it kind of just stuck, stuck, and then I just added my last name on the end of it, and here we are today.
0: Oh my God, that's cool. That is cool. Now, you have a strong American accent, and we talked about that, but where were you born?
1: I was born in Canada, Toronto, Ontario.
0: Wow. So, you were how long in America now, just to remind me slightly?
1: Uh, so, I was there for almost six years.
0: Wow you picked up that strong, rich American accent.
1: I know. My okay. wife is, from, my wife is uh, originally from um, uh, Durham, North Carolina. So, you got to blame my wife for the accent.
0: Okay, okay I'll blame Bree. I'll blame Bree. <laughs> <laughs> so, how were your school years like, my love? How were the school years like?
1: Um, they were pretty good. Um, I had the advantage of uh, the high school I went to um, in Canada. Was, it was Vaughn Road Academy. Right, and one of the programs uh, I don't think they have it anymore but it, it was called the Interact Program so basically it was a program where if you had an outside commitment like um, basketball skiing, tennis or acting or whatever they would set up uh, your schedule, a university schedule so that it didn't interfere with what you did outside of school Ooh. so kind of Yeah, so it kind of helped prepare me for university, Um, just because when I was in in high school, I had classes in the morning, and then I had nothing in the afternoon. So I had so much time, but the workload they give you is like double. So it forces you to, when you have the time, to take advantage and do your work, but it also helped prepare me for when I got to university, because it was pretty much the same kind of schedule. You know, classes in the morning, nothing in the afternoon. So it was like, all right, so I, I've been doing this already. So now I kind of already know what the formula is like.
0: Right. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That, that, now, that is a great program. That is a great yeah. program. It's a shame they don't have that here.
1: Yeah. Oh, that I, is. I, I definitely, um I spoke on it because um, uh, my teacher, she, she brought me back to the school to just, because um, they were trying to get rid of it. So they had me speak on, like, the advantages of the program. So I I think every high school should use it because when you get to university, it's so much different from, you know, um, just sitting in a class for 75 minutes, you know.
0: Yes. Transitioning.
1: Yeah. Especially if you do something outside of school.
0: Yes. Yeah. That would be hard. That would be really, really hard. The balancing act. You know that yeah. like sometimes we feel like we can just change our hats, but if we can just help people to transition from our mm-hmm. own experience, which you did, you gave back, you went to the school and you spoke. You know, did you always love basketball? Uh, I was a I was a hockey. I played hockey too. Oh, so, so I was basketball and hockey. Okay. what did then, you, okay, what position did you play? Because I I used to love hockey. I don't love it now, but I in uh, love with basketball. But
1: I was uh I was on the right wing.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So you played both, so but now you took basketball a little bit more serious.
1: Yeah, so after grade I stopped playing hockey after grade six because uh it got to be too expensive, my mom said, and she yes. said, Hey, uh this is what you're doing now. You're gonna start playing basketball because hockey I can't afford it.
0: That's right. That's right. Those those uh the skates and those uh yeah. hockey stick night, like, the whole thing is nuts
1: the pads, <laughs> everything. It's like, it's so much. And you got to get the big bag for everything to fit in.
0: That's right. As well as the lessons, mm-hmm. right. It's the whole, it's a, it's a lot of money. So when did you realize that you had a passion for basketball too? Like, right? um,
1: probably around the same time, grade six, uh, a lot of my, like I played both, but I was, I was just more interested in hockey. But yeah. as I, um started playing more basketball. I started to get more interested like all the kids in my neighborhood played. So um we would go over to the park or we would go over to a friend's house if they had a rim and then um I think so around the same time my mom got me a, a rim for for in the front yard. So a lot of people would come over and we'd play. So that was that was kind of how I picked it up.
0: Okay. Oh my god, that's good. That's good. I'm going to I hear when you're in conversation there when you were just saying a rim. Now, we say a basketball net. So, is that mm-hmm. the same thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, same thing.
0: Okay. Is that an American term? or? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I
1: would think so. Or
0: yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, because that would make sense because it was a basketball net. But it's crazy, too, now that I think about, like, some of the stories. Like, we were playing on milk cartons, too. So, like, they would have, like, game. We'd, we'd cut out the, 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 the bottom of the milk carton and we'd, we'd put on the light post and we'd play on that.
0: Holy cow, whatever it takes, eh? Whatever it yeah. takes. Holy shit. When you look back at those days, um, I know I'm kind of a jumping because I really want to cover Brie and I want to cover your gorgeous son and I want to cover some other things. But when you look back at those days and your, your youthful days, how, when you look at it, how was that like?
1: Oh, it was a it was a great experience. To be honest, um, yeah. just looking back, I think it just helped prepare me for uh, the man I, w- I am today. Yes. Um, just some of the you know the past experiences, the r- friendships and relationships I built. Like, um, it's funny too because one of uh, one of my one of my close friends, uh, we used to play basketball together, and they always used to put us uh, against each other. Oh, and we, okay. Yeah, so, like, me and him were probably, uh, like, two of the best in the neighborhood, and it was always, like, who's better, Alex or Ashley, who's better, <laughs> and um, we ended up going to the same high school, um, we did, we were uh, two best point guards in Canada at the time, and, wow. yeah, so, just like he, he just texted me today just to check in with me. So it, it's it's great that like, you know, we're still able to have relationships and friendships over like the childhoods that you you know you went through. So
0: That's right, hon. That is so true. So when did you how how did you and Bree meet? How did you So
1: meet? So we met at um North Carolina Pro Am. Uh, it's pretty much like a it's like a basketball scrimmage or summertime basketball league.
0: So Brie plays basketball too.
1: Yeah, so she played. She had played the game before. Okay. I didn't see, I didn't see her play because I had I I came late. Right. And um, I remember, uh, throughout the game, I felt like somebody was watching me, and <laughs> and I looked. and she's staring at me and and like usually like when you're staring at someone you're supposed to like look away like that's the unwritten rule that's right so she was staring and she didn't have no shame of like no i'm not looking away i want you to know that i'm staring at you
0: oh my gosh so (laughs) wow i saw
1: i sub out of the game to grab some water and she says oh you have nice eyes and i'm like uh thanks because it's like when you're playing you're not expected to hear that stuff so no no so i'm like okay and then um after the game i'm talking to one of my teammates i was like hey man this girl's been looking at me the whole game like i bet you i can wave to her and she'll wave back and he goes man what are you talking about so i wave and brie gets up and she waves back and we're just uh, me and my friend are laughing and he goes so you're not gonna go over there and get her number i was like no, nah, she'll find me. He's like, "Oh, okay, you guys like that." So then, I think it was like half an hour later, I find uh, I get a new follower on Twitter, and then um, I send her a DM like joking around, I'm like laugh out loud. That didn't take you very long, and she's like, "Whatever, da da da." And we ended up um, like having dinner the next day, and pretty much started getting close from there.
0: Wow. Now, what you were sharing with me too is it was a long distance relationship too.
1: Mm-hmm. So we got together like officially, we got together September two thousand thirteen. Okay. And like Bree lived in North Carolina, I lived in Canada, and it was pretty much um, she would she would come up for you know uh, like every t- every six weeks or every you know, uh, every couple of months she would come and stay for like a week and a half or two weeks or wherever I was at, I would go to North Carolina and go see her. So at that point we were just long distance. So that was tough. But, um, I think it helped in terms of, um, when we got together, we said that we were, we were going to save sex till marriage. So the distance kind of, kind of helped us because when we got together, we were, Inseparable, yes, and it became very difficult to keep my hands off of her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, because you loved her, you wanted to be (laughs) with her,
1: yeah. So, um, but honestly, it definitely helped us grow. And, um, they, the it's the truth, like the distance does make the heart grow fonder because I felt like our connection um, when we got together and then when we were away, it was like spot on.
0: Well, because, you know, that is different when you hear a lot of people talk. When they say long-distance relationships, they don't work. But you've Mm -hmm. done another uh, spin on it, saying that it helped because when you were together it enriched more, like you appreciated each other more. Am I right?
1: Most definitely. And then when you think about it, when people say that it's all about the work that you do put in. So if you care about the person and you're, you want to be with them, you'll put in the effort for to make it work. If not, then you won't do it. So that's why when most people say, oh, they don't work. It's all about how much work are you willing to put in.
0: That's so true. That's so true, Alex. So, so true. hon. this is going to be a great podcast on mm-hmm. so many. Le- no, I'm telling you, hon, on so many levels. So when did you know that Brie was the one? Uh, I knew
1: after we we had gone to um, she came up to visit me that same month in September. So this was before we made it official. So right. this was like a couple days um before that. Yes, we took a trip to Pennsylvania to go to a a G League tryout. Right, and she sat in the middle. Like it was like a like a couple of hours. And she sat in the middle, and I was like, "Man, she really rode with me to go to this trial, and she's like, she's a real one for that." Mm. And at the trial, I guess like people were trying to talk to her, and she was just like, "Oh, you know, I have a boyfriend." Da da da. So she comes to me, and she's like, "Hey, these guys are trying to get at me. Like, like, what are we?" <laughs> and like, and I was like, I'll, "We'll talk about it when we get home." So that night, when we talk, I said, "Yeah." um if this is the relationship we're going to go for like i i want this to be my last relationship like i don't want to be in and out or i don't want to mess like this is serious like i want this to be like my last relationship so she was like yeah i agree like i'm i'm totally on board so after that night that's when we made it a, we made it official and oh. that's when i knew like oh yeah she's a real one
0: Wow. How does that, how did that feel, hon? The reason why I'm going there, because there's a lot of couples out there and ones that it's still searching and ones that are in a relationship just wants to hear from a wise young man like yourself.
1: Um, I would say that for just for Brie, like I can tell that like the love she has for me is, is real and genuine. Um, yes. Even like there's times where I feel like I, I don't want to do something and like just her belief and her motivation or her like pushing me like, yeah, baby, you can do it. Like you, you are reminded again, like, man, like I needed this in my life. I needed her. Yes. So, and then like, we go as far as just like, I just look at her, how she, she's raising our son and like what she's doing is like, like I don't even think I could do that on my own. So what she's done is just been amazing. Nothing short of amazing. Uh, So it's honestly, it's honestly a blessing for me to have a woman like her, um, someone that kind of knows and understands me. And also someone that knows and understands like the, the journey that I've been on. I think that's what's been so beneficial to our relationship. Um, I think with Bree, being a basketball player as well. She kind of knows like the ins and outs. She knows the struggles. She knows the ups and downs. So That's been like key, I think, to our relationship.
0: Wow. My God. Alex, I'm telling you, this is good. Mm -hmm. This is really, really good. Now, Mm -hmm. you both believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Yes, ma'am. Wow. So, who introduced you to the Lord? Who introduced you to God?
1: So, my mom introduced me to the Lord when I was little about, I want to say five or six. We'd go to church every Sunday. I'd be in Sunday school. Um, she sent me to a Christian summer camp. Uh, I think, I don't know if they're still around. It's called Scott mission.
0: Okay. Um, I went to one. I went to one a long time and it was, it wasn't, it was hard for me at, at the time, but yeah, I did go to some Christian camps. Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah. So it was cool. Um, it was like an overnight camp. So you stay for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to, you know, uh, do different things uh, while learning about the Lord. So that was cool. Like there was still like, so that you'd have like, um, like the church, church time where you go and you'd praise and worship and then you would learn, but they would also have like different activities. So you could go swimming, go biking, uh, basketball, all different sports. So it was cool. Um, um, I would say, so just, just my mom and then, uh, her sending me to the camps and stuff. And then I think for Bree, she, she grew up, um, in the church as well, but not, uh, how I did. Okay. Um, I, I would love to tell her story, but I know you're going to have her on here, so I'll let her tell her own story, but, yes. um, Bree definitely wasn't close to the Lord how I was, so. Uh, when we met, it was kind of like me reintroducing the Lord to her. Um, okay. I remember, I remember when she got cut from um, her school at UNC Greensboro. Um, she was going through it. And I remember just telling her about the Lord and like the the different doors that He opens and He closes for us. And um, I remember praying with her, and then. Uh, she had called me back like maybe a week later and saying that like another opportunity had come for her uh, Johnson C. Smith and uh, it was full ride. So um, I think after that, she was kind of like, uh, like, I want to know more. Like I want to, I want to reconnect. So wow. it's been, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been beneficial to our relationship, I would say.
0: Um, yes, my love. Yes. Because, uh, Wow. It's, I'm I'm telling you, I'm very quiet. Usually I'm jumping in, but I'm just taking it all in. Like I'm taking Mm -hmm. in your testimony, your message and everything. And uh, no, it's very, very powerful, Alex. It really, really is. And uh, when you talk about the Lord, like even on your Instagram, you have a hashtag and I want you to say the hashtag that you use because when you even have it before you even go into your content, like it's right Mm -hmm. there at the beginning. Mm Can you share that with the the, the listeners?
1: Yeah, it's called uh, God's Glory. Um, Pretty much means everything I do is for God's glory. So it's not for my personal game, but uh, for God. Um, I put it at the front because it's like God is at the top of everything. He's the creator. He's the one that got you up this morning. He's the one that made sure... um, you had food in your food in your house, or you know, clothes on your back. So that's always been something my mom's instilled in me, but just something that I've got along the way of just going through this life journey. Um, I remember when I tore my ACL, I asked God, like, why now? Like, why?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was kind of, I was kind of angry with Him. I was like, man, I was playing so well. Like, why would you take this away from me? Like, don't you know what's like? what the schedule was for me and and I didn't see it at the time but he was doing something like even better for me right. so um so now I try not to play for myself but I play for God so when I when I'm playing five on five or I'm playing three on three I, I ask the Lord in a prayer to that like he could shine through me and that through my play that someone would see him that's right
0: that's right. I'm going to contest to that because um, I don't want to take away cause this is your, this is your message, but doing the show unwritten, it was future It was future prospects at the time, but God literally gave me a revelation and says that you mm-hmm. talk about me, but do you love me? Mm-hmm. And um, I had to openly say it on the show. And he had to, because if you know, you have to, it's like, if you love your family, you don't put them behind the box. Mm-hmm. You talk about them openly and he challenged me and I said it. And I remember the producer kind of was saying, okay, is whatever, but I keep him in the forefront now because I realize how he's using me and how powerful he is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it, it, this is a real, real, I just, I know it's not like we repeat pizza Alex, but this is more, it's so powerful more than, you know, what you're saying right now throughout mm-hmm. your whole entire message is breathe there beside you.
1: No, she's um, she had a rough morning, so she's sleep in the living room.
0: All right, hun. All right. Now I know I'm gonna talk with her. I really am because on another platform. But uh there was something on the pre-interview that she says that was really it kind of touched my heart, and she wanted me to actually go there. Mm-hmm. So, um you were brought up by a single mother, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, can you touch upon that? How that was like. And then we're gonna go into the other part of it that is so the message there is so crucial to this mm-hmm. podcast.
1: Uh so my mom had me and my sister, um, and uh my my dad was kinda like just in and out. Um I seen him from some parts of my childhood, and then like as I got older as I got older, I didn't see him at all. Yeah. So I remember the one one thing that kind of like like kind of set me off was and I think this is probably another reason I had stopped playing hockey. Um I remember he was supposed to take me to the rink and we were supposed to go skating. And like he loved he loved hockey. He always talked about hockey. He's like, Yeah, man, it's a great sport. So I remember I was like, I was waiting at home and I was like, Yeah, you know, dad's gonna take me to go skating. I Got to work on my skills and stuff. And then my mom was kind of just like, he's not coming. You know that, right? I was like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. He's coming. And, like, I I waited, like, the whole night. And he didn't show. And, like, that was, like, kind of heartbreaking for me because, you know, you you put your faith and your trust in someone and they let you down. So yeah. um, I think throughout the years it was kind of just, uh, all right, it's just me and my mom, like, and then it kind of, kind of set me apart where I was like, I was angry at first where I was like, man, like I'm going to show him, like I'm going to be a way better dad than him. And then um, I remember playing in a game in, uh, when I was in college and a dude came up to me. He's like, man, you played amazing. He's he like, you, what'd you have like 25 points or something? I was like, yeah, man, thanks. I appreciate it. And he was like, there's something that, 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 um, that you're tugging that's that's tugging at you though i was like what are you talking about he's like um like and the guy that came up to me i i didn't know him like it was just a random guy who was just there to watch the game he goes um you know your dad's not in your life and i was like how do you know that he was like man you just how you play you play with like so much like anger so i feel like you gotta let that go and you know, it's the opportunities, if you're able to forgive and let it go, like they're endless. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. I was like, this guy doesn't even know me. He just, he just kind of read me like a book and it was mm. kind of like, it was kind of like God speaking through him. And, yes. and this hasn't been the first time God has done that. So after that day, I kind of was just like, you know, uh, I'm going to try and move on from that part of my life in terms of like, I'm not going to. Uh, have that hatred towards him. So um, uh, now uh, I remember I invited my dad to the, our engagement dinner. I invited him to the wedding. He came to the engagement dinner. He didn't come to the wedding. Um, his um, his sister had passed and I, I went, it was, his sister had passed last year and I, I went to the funeral and I, you know, showed my support to him. Uh, I talked to them, gave him a hug. And even though um, like we don't have like a, a real father-son like connection or a relationship like I just want him to know like you know like I don't hate you I wish you the best and like if you ever need anything I'm here so um, it it that has kind of helped me as I'm trying to raise my my son um, yes. I w- always want him to know that you know you always have someone here for you and that regardless of anything or Every anything that happens, you know, I'm, all, I'm always going to be there for you.
0: Wow. You know, you're so, you got to do some speaking stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm telling you, my love, like I told you on the pre-interview, I'm rolling out some stuff in 23 and you're going to be part of it, my friend, because mm-hmm. your words, God is using you more than, you know, and sometimes more than we even know, mm-hmm. you know, he really, really is because you speak from the heart. Like you don't just you put your, you put God first in every single thing you say, but he's speaking through you as you're speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, there was something that we spoke about and it's funny. I had this conversation with another young black gentleman, uh, yesterday and he was saying the importance of the fathers in their lives. And, um, I really want you to Embrace that because he was really open on that. And I'd like you to share your thoughts on that and why it's so important for, um, because there's a lot of young people out there who don't have fathers. If they'd be black or white or indigenous or whatever, they're still tr- mm-hmm. they're still young people. They're still human yeah. beings, I'm saying. But why is it so important, hon, for the presence of the fathers to be there?
1: Oh, it's just huge because I I feel like the biggest thing is that um, fathers play such an important role in terms of being a role model to their son or daughter. Um, You know, they look up to you. Like right now, uh, my son, like he gets so excited when I walk through the door Mm -hmm. and his first words are dad, 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 dad. Like, where's dad, dad? So I can see like the importance of me being there and like it kind of, like when I do have to go away, it's it's tough because it's like, yo, someone depends on you to be there for them, um, yeah. someone to look up to, someone to kind of show them the ropes. Um, the disadvantage I had growing up was that my mom had to play mom and dad, which wasn't fair, because yeah. you know you want someone to be like, yo, um, yo, dad, can, can we go to the park? Like, let's go, let's go do this, or let's go do that, do that. Like that's important in a kid's development. And for them not to to think like, oh like how come how come dad didn't want to be around or you know, like you never want to put that in a kid's uh, mental like they should know like, yeah, I know who my dad is and like I know where he's at and he's always gonna be there for me so that's like it's so important and I can see that now just having a son so my whole thing is to just always, be there and like be a role model for him, someone he can look up to and be proud of.
0: And I, he is. Do you mind if I say his name?
1: Yeah, yeah, Genesis.
0: Genesis. Now, where did that? I want to ask you some more on that father hmm. conversation. But who? How did you both come up with a beautiful name, Genesis?
1: So we we um, Bree had wanted to do a Bible name. Uh, she wanted to do. She wanted to give her son uh, a name from the Bible and she liked the name Genesis and it kind of stuck and his full name is Genesis David Johnson. Wow. So yeah, it's powerful. So like if people know like the meaning of that, then it's, it's, you can see how powerful it is. It's like, so there's two meanings. So there's like, David was called uh, the beloved. Mm -hmm. So, and you take Genesis, it's the beginning. So, or the first, so the first beloved, And then also David was a king. So you go the first king. So those are the two meanings behind it.
0: Oh, no, it's gorgeous. Like, even when you just said it, even when you said it, Genesis David Johnson, I went, whoa, like, (laughs) that is just like right to the soul. Yeah. Honest to God, hon. When you look at yourself today, when Mm -hmm. you look at yourself, Alex, what do you love about yourself that you what you've gone through in your own rights? Forgiving your father, moving on, being married to a beautiful woman, Bree, having your gorgeous son. When you when you look in the mirror, what do you see?
1: Um, I think the main thing for me that I that I love, and that uh, my mom did a really good job was, um, just that she taught me to be a leader, and you know, not a follower, someone who who can um be confident in the decisions he makes and is unapologetic in terms of um, being influenced by people or different things. Um, I remember growing up, it was kind of like either you played basketball or you were on the, on the block and doing all that stuff, drinking and smoking. And like, I, that wasn't interesting to me Mm. and I wanted to set myself apart in terms of no, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to do something else, and I, I think I appreciate those experiences because it's helped me, even with in in today's generation. You know how, um, everything is so, um, kind of people pleasing. Yes. Like I, I, I yeah. found myself never to 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 find my worth in trying to please people. Yes. So I, I think not only my mom, but God has done a good job of me not being so fixated on people's opinions or what they say about me and, you know, just being able to just keep it moving. So that's probably one thing.
0: Wow. My God. (laughs) When you look at young people today, when you look at young people, what is your message to them? When you see so much stuff happening right now, there's a lot of Violence, um, even from mm-hmm. the area that I lived in Scarborough, there's a lot. Like when I lived in Scarborough, there was nothing. But even be Scarborough or wherever, I'm just saying Scarborough, mm-hmm. where I, where I where I live when I first came to Canada. Huh? What is your message to them?
1: So, the I guess the main thing for me is um, if you're passionate about something, is to always to push it forward and 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 believe it. Believe that can it can happen. Yes. Um, I grew up I grew up in a rough neighborhood too they call it the jungle and jungle uh, yeah jungle wow so, okay so um, they had um, a couple of a couple of people had told me like oh you'll, you you'll never go division one and I used that as my fuel to, to push me towards my goal and try mm-hmm. to be different um, I didn't want to just spend my life uh, In the hood and i think the message i would give to them is hey when you leave it's still gonna be there when you come back it'll be there so it's okay that if you want to leave because some people feel like man i don't want to leave my friends you know the routine of it still gonna be there man go live your life go go follow your dreams be passionate and make it happen um i was blessed to be able to get two scholarships fully paid for and then be able to travel the world uh been to romania uh mexico ecuador china uh, uh, london uh chile so i would say just if you have a, a dream a goal that you're passionate about keep pushing forward until you make it happen wow
0: Will you come and speak for me next year, 23? It sounds good. I'll do it. Nope, because you're coming. You're coming. God <laughs> is using. No, Alex, God is using you. He is using you. And there's so many young people and a lot of young men that need to hear your message. They really, really do. And through this podcast is one. And God's going to bless you. And we're going to use another one. And just keep going, hon. Still mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah, my love. Thank you
1: sorry I said I like it sounds good, good. let's make it no, happen. awesome
0: awesome my love so blessings to you Merry Christmas to you and your beautiful wife Bree and Genesis my love and any last words you want to say before I uh, let you go
1: uh, thanks for having me it's been a blast to just speak with you and kind of tell my message I'm hoping it can touch someone or inspire someone or motivate someone
0: Oh, it will. It will, Alec. God bless you, my love. Thank you so much again.
1: All right. Take care.
0: All right, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.